Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, the many masks of the Canadian Prime Minister. Will the real Justin Trudeau please stand up? Well, he's running on Daddy's coattails, item one. He knows probably where the bodies are buried, item two. This podcast is brought to you by Canada's decontamination specialists, crime and trauma scene cleaners. Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners is committed to helping people when tragedy strikes. Their objective is to restore safety to an environment in the most professional and discreet manner possible. To contact Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners, visit crimescenecleaners.ca. Call 1-866-724-0800, 1-866-724-0800, or email them at info at crimescenecleaners.ca Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres Pursuing the truth wherever it leads Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Monday. George Freund is standing by to address the recent blackface scandal by our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, and what might be behind all of this odd, scandalous behavior, all the corruption that has dogged him practically every moment since he and his Liberal Party first took power here in Canada four years ago. Before we get to that, I want to draw your attention to my live events and appearances page up at strangeplanet.ca. Coming up on Saturday, October the 26th, I'll be emceeing a reverse speech event from 2 to 4 p.m. at Metamorphosis Greek Orthodox Church in Toronto, 40 Donlins Avenue. That's just steps from the Donlins subway station, 2 to 4 p.m., October 26th. David John Oates, the discoverer of reverse speech radio, will be there all the way from Australia with loads of reverse speech audio that he'll play from politicians to notorious criminals, celebrities, historical figures, and he'll demonstrate how reverse speech works, how it can be used as the ultimate lie detector, what it reveals about the subconscious mind. And David will be joined by his co-host on reverse speech radio, Christian de Cadieu. Again, Saturday, October 26th at Metamorphosis Greek Orthodox Church, 40 Donlins Avenue in Toronto. And I'll be there from 2 to 4 p.m. There'll also be a workshop happening from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the same location, a reverse speech workshop hosted by Christian de Cadieu. That takes place from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Again, 40 Donlins Avenue in Toronto. More information coming soon to reverse speech CA. Hope to see you there. Well, first came the photo published by Time magazine showing Justin Trudeau with his face painted brown and dressed as Aladdin for an Arabian Nights themed gala during his time as a teacher at West Point Grey Academy in Vancouver. Then came a black and white photo of Justin performing in a, da- a talent show in high school in blackface, singing the Banana Boat song. That was followed by a video obtained by Global News, showing Trudeau in blackface dancing. Now, how is it possible that a politician who has become the self-proclaimed champion of official multiculturalism 
who constantly, almost mindlessly utters the mantra, diversity is our strength. How could he be caught not once, not twice, but three times appearing in black or brown face? How is it the supposed avowed feminist could be accused of groping a female reporter? Just who exactly is this Justin Trudeau? Here to discuss is independent researcher, investigator, broadcaster, blogger, George Freund, who can be heard frequently as a guest host on the popular radio program, The Power Hour Radio Show. George Freund, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Oh, very good, thank you. And just so that everybody knows, I'm not in blackface. Well, thank you for that. Speaking of which, I thought we might call this episode The Many Faces of Justin Trudeau. Of course, we're all by now more than a little familiar with the scandal, the brownface incident and two blackface incidents, and we'll go on in some more detail about those. Whether or not he's racist, we can discuss that. But he does certainly like to play dress up. And we have seen him in so many different incarnations. Of course, the trip to uh, India, for which he was widely mocked, dressing up in East Indian garb. We've seen him dress as Superman. We've seen him as an RCMP officer, as a cowboy. We've seen him play the role of the feminist. Does any of this smack of, I don't know, a fractured psyche, mind control, or am I overreaching here? I think what Justin Trudeau really is, is he is a manufactured personality to fill a role, to be a surgical tool for a power establishment to create a leader for us that is as user-friendly to as many people as possible so that he can be a popular leader. And what we see and what is personified by him in public doesn't really exist. There's probably, you know, really not very much about him that's a public persona that exists. It's just he'll pander to any group that he's near, especially when he comes up and says things like, you know, he's a feminist and uh, things like that that are just totally off the wall. He's the environmentalist. You know, he, he's everybody's friend for everything except certain groups that, uh, you know, aren't politically correct at this time, probably for obvious reasons. And uh, so I, I look at him, and probably that's why in the dichotomy of politics, uh, Trump is Trump, and he's not made to appeal to everyone. So that's why he's like swallowing, uh, you know, some sort of fish oil or something like that. It leaves a bitter taste in most people's mouths because they're so used to having something totally crafted by PR people that it's satisfactory to as many as possible and offends as few as possible. And uh, that's where, for lack of a better word, he's a masterstroke. I don't think he's really doing it. It's probably the handlers. But he is an actor. He, he was a drama teacher. He's good at doing roles. And like a lot of uh, you know, people in high power, they are exceptional liars almost to the point of, uh, you know, I call them psychopathic uh, in a way, because they remind me of that character that used to be on that old TV show, Lost in Space, Dr. Smith. Yes. And he's always trying to eliminate people, kill people, take advantage of people. And then when he gets caught, he's got this cute little homey face. Who, me? Right. I don't do that. And, uh, you know, and then he blames things on the robot or Will or something like that and carries on. Politicians have mastered that ability. So no matter what they get caught in, the dust settles a little bit, they put on that face, not the black face, but their lying, deceitful face, 
and give us more, you know, I guess the, the old Russian author, was it Galitsyn, New Lies for Old. And, oh, it's a new lie now. Oh, I feel so much better. The world will be all right. Well, and we take it in. You mentioned that people in powerful positions tend to be exceptionally good liars, and I, I think there's a lot of truth to that, but not in this case. I think poor Justin is an exceptionally poor liar. In fact, I haven't seen one authentic thing spill out of his mouth since he entered public life. If he were to tell me the sky is blue, I would assume that it's green, just because it, nothing he says... And this is before the, the scandal, the SNC-Lavalin scandal, before the blackface scandal. The moment he entered the, the public arena, I just found him to be devoid of any charm. I know he fooled some people, and he does have great hair. No eloquence, no charm, no authenticity, not an ounce. And if you're going to pick someone to be the standard bearer, you would think it would be someone a little, someone with a little more guile, a little more charm. Brian Mulroney, for example, love him or hate him, when he entered a room, people would comment from either side of the political aisle that he could absolutely captivate a room and he would walk up to you, he, he remembered your name, he made you feel like you were the only other person in the room. He had that. Justin has none of Savoir that. Fair, I guess they call Yes, that. Justin has none of that. Why would they pick him? Who vetted him? Well, he's running on daddy's coattails. Item one, he knows probably where the bodies are buried. Item two, so uh, and the media makes him to be the love darling for a lot of people. I work in a very very liberal area, to say the least, and uh, you know he can do no wrong. It doesn't matter what he could get caught with or be accused of. And I talk to people about things I've done, uh, you know, like one interview with a liberal MP's wife who claims her former husband was a money launderer for the Liberal Party. I've interviewed her many, many times. She's like a walking encyclopedia of Canadian corruption in the modern era. She knows everybody, and she knows where the dogs are buried, but mainstream media doesn't even want to hear her. She's desperately trying to get her story out, but uh, there's just a wall of silence all around her. And, uh, you know, she's talking $3 billion just for her husband. And... Uh, this is just mind-boggling. Like, I look at Canadian political history as tag-team looting since 1867. Uh, going back to the railways uh, in Pierre Burton's books, they were books on political corruption, not really building the railway. That was like the subplot. And uh, that hasn't changed anyone. The Langevin block, well, he was one of the railroad crooks. Nobody cared that they named the, you know, the building after a crook. It's just he sent you to school. Oh, heretic, cut him off. Right, And uh, this is the debate here in Canada where we don't even look to take off the rose-colored glasses at what we've really got before us. Our three main past prime ministers are in the Panama Papers website Hall of Shame, you know, with generalissimos, security intelligence chiefs of countries that, you know, should be in a B-movie or something like that. And then the three of them are lined up, Paul Martin, Jean Chrétien, and Mulroney, like the three amigos. And uh, where does our media sniff and, and get at this? It doesn't. But, uh, you know, the blackface, I look at that for him as being, you know, he's a drama teacher. It's part of history. And uh, the history of acting, Othello is in blackface. Almost all the great actors and actresses that you can think of, probably before most of your listeners were born, but they appeared in blackface. Even Bugs Bunny did it in Southern Fried Rabbit. And for some of the, you know, not too old, but 
in the musical genre culture club do you want to really do you really want to hurt me had a black face taco putting on the ritz 1983 but then it started to fade out and become something so i don't look at him as having any intent to be a racist but I could hang him for a million other offenses, I think. Well, l- uh, let me, but yeah, not this exactly. Yeah, because that term does get tossed around so much, and I, I don't, we don't know for certain what is in his heart, except we're talking about the late 90s. Very difficult uh, for me to believe that he was just playing a role here. At the very least, incredibly offensive, possibly racist. Again, I don't know what's in his heart. But he is such a mark in this in the sense that okay you have other politicians that lie uh, but he just keeps getting caught uh, the scandals follow this guy around like uh, white on rice it's almost if he if he was picked for that very reason because he could be controlled that way oh definitely they love politicians that they control that have skeletons in their closet and then it's just a simple matter of rattling the door and they're on their knees begging and they prefer it that way. It's it's just like a gangster club. But remember too, you know, we we started uh, with Emperor Justinian right at the very beginning with election night and how things were screwed up there. That uh, they were announcing winners before they even opened ballot boxes, and it seemed to be the fix was in, and that they used algorithms in the election. So the whole thing has been almost like a manufactured reality from the very get go. And uh, we just get sucked up into this, that no, no one cares. The whole party system, like the founding fathers in the United States, because they do American radio a lot more than Canadian, for sure, but uh, they were against political parties, and they called them like the mob, that you're ruled by a mob of, of people that uh, whatever, and I agree with that. It's almost like it's... Uh, uh, um, you know, like a tribal warfare between one and the other, and nobody cares what's right or what's wrong. It's just you have to defend your tribe, and you see that in the fiasco with the Trump uh, thing, and on a lesser scale between conservatism and liberalism here in Canada, that your tribe is right and the other one has to be wrong, and that's all there is to it, and there's no room for maneuver anywhere. And that's a terrible thing because basically we just punish ourselves. But who's writing this script? Who, you know, why? That's one of the things that really got me all of a sudden, because he was a protected species in the media. And then all of a sudden now, the tools that they would use to take down any conservative candidate in what is classically termed the permanent campaign, named after a book of the same name that I came across, that they just have to be at war 24-7 for every news bite on all the big news media, and just bemoan someone that doesn't fit in or that they don't want to fit in, even though they could be a very popular choice for us. So if this was a conservative candidate, if if the shoe was on the other foot, you can guarantee the conservative leader would have to probably resign or pull out of the election. Well, yeah, that they goes without saying. would hammer yes. him day and night. Uh, there'd be angry mobs outside his you know offices or his home, and uh, they would, you know, burn him, he's a witch. But because it's Trudeau, he's not getting that type of thing. But he did offend a lot of people at the root of this event. And, you know, admittedly, he was a lot younger then. And you do things when you're younger that you're probably not too proud of, or you might have thought were stupid later on. Well, 18 but, uh, or 21, you know, Austin Matthews drops his pants in front of a female security guard. 
21, that's a different kettle of fish than being 29 and a teacher, for example, when he appeared in Brownface. I can't dismiss that as to immaturity, let's put it that way. But if we, I don't know, again, maybe I'm I'm overthinking this, but, you know, it has been suggested. I'm thinking of people like Kathy O'Brien, an alleged MK Ultra victim who wrote The Transformation of America. And she talks about world leaders and how their children are mind controlled. And, you know, she has mentioned several of our prime ministers, for example. So I, I, I'm wondering, Margaret Sinclair, poor Margaret Sinclair, who descended into utter despair, depression, diagnosed as bipolar. I'm wondering, is there something more to that? Did she see something? Was she, for example, treated at Allen Memorial Hospital? Uh, where those, you know, horrible experiments using psychedelic drugs and electroconvulsive therapy took place. Am I, am I connecting the dots where there are none? Oh, no. I think this has been going on for a long time. There's a lot of allegations President Obama was trained to be the president and was under control of communist agents. And because I got deplatformed on a certain media player, Vimeo, I have to put my stuff on other places. So I've been, you know, as I'm putting it up, I'm looking over some of the bylines. And one that shocked me was, uh, not that it shocked me, but that Henry Kissinger was revealed by a Polish general to have been a communist agent right from 1945 when he was in the OSS, that they had infiltrated him and controlled him. And he ended up being, you know, pretty much the power behind all the thrones, you know, next to J. Edgar Hoover, who, who was pretty much running the United States, but Henry took it further on an international stage to run the world. And if he was under the control of a foreign intelligence agency, and probably with things like mind control, because it can be very subtle to start out with, and then once they have you hooked, they can put the screws to you quite a lot. And there's been comments. One that you know just haunts me was John Kennedy. And when he was a young naval officer... He went on a holiday, you know, this is like he's an ensign just in the Navy or something like that. Uh, he went to Argentina, and he told all the girls there, you know, middle he's going to boast like anybody, I imagine, but he said he was going to be the president. Not hmm. that I'm going to get into politics. He said, categorically, I'm going to be the president. Well, how do we know at such a young age? And if he did know, and that was the case... When you look at the level of tragedies in the war that his older brother was killed in this plane, so-called accident, where they were making like a drone and it blew up too soon and he was killed, and then they send him to basically the equivalent of Siberia, the South Pacific, and he's uh, crashed by this Japanese destroyer, did they give away his position and, and try to get rid of him? Because there's other forces that didn't want him to be president or to get that brass ring. And then ultimately, well, they know what we did. We know what they did to him. They just blew him away in the middle of the street because he wasn't reading from the script anymore. And uh, there's so many deep esoteric things, that, especially because it's not uncommon for you to talk about the paranormal or things that go bump in the night. But uh, there is a hidden hand that appears to be orchestrating and performing things in this world, and especially with high political leaders or people that touch the brass ring on certain topics, like James Forrestal looking into you know, what could be alien things or under-earth things, going mad, being th probably thrown from the Bethesda Naval Hospital presidential suite the day before his release. These things just croak of, there's some, you know, who could do that? How could you get into the place? Or even Epstein, you know, who gets into this jail to, you know, 
allegedly strangle him or, you know, I personally believe he was put into some type of program. They got him out. He got to play with and put up a trust fund for his money two days before he died. If he did die in the body that I saw wheeled into the hospital, I can categorically state by looking at the earlobes isn't the same body of every picture I've ever seen of him. There's graphic differences to the shape of the earlobe that make this guy so unique. Like if someone, you know, was could probably recognize him and know who he is, but just probably wouldn't have a media to go to to tell. It's uh, just the way they do things. Someone's got the keys to the door, you know. Someone right. can go in and cover up the World Trade Center disaster and uh, and, and just make it like it's another day and, and give us forever the lies, the cover story, and take it to the nth degree, and there's nothing we can do about it. Because as we pass away, that was... Uh, like another chap I came across uh, doing research from these restored shows was a guy named uh, Mac Tonys. He died in 2009. He was on Coast to Coast. He was on Vision TV. And he called. Uh, he had a book called The Crypto Terrestrials, where he said there's a race on this planet that is in the shadows but is basically in control. And they can do pretty much anything they want because they have superior technology. And he died of some heart ailment at 34 and that just didn't seem to make sense i look at the hidden hand probably taking this young chap out but he recommended a book in his book called uh the damned i believe and uh it was from 1919 and it tells you a lot of observations in science that go back into the 18th century that what we are told isn't what people observed back then and they just made up things so the author pretty much called it like a science was a hypnosis to give us this cover story to carry on from one generation to the next. But it wasn't the reality that they observed. And one of the big things he came up with is they saw the anomalies in the sky before Krakatoa, months before. And then afterwards, everything was corrected, erased, and put into place to say, no, it was Krakatoa that was the source of these bizarre light anomalies in the sky. And, well, who has that power? And we see it today, too, with the sciences that are made up, like climate science. You know, I'm old. I, uh, we got taught about the Ice Age. Well, the glaciers went way, way south from where we are. You know, well, they're not here anymore, so they must have melted. <laughs> you know, so is this just a natural process that we're going through? And nothing we could ever do or hope to do could ever change or alter that, really. Right. It's right. just now we have get this big scheme coming on that he's one of the leaders in, where I think they're just taking all our money. Uh, and putting it into some place that might be in the Panama Papers in the future, and uh, by inventing all this, uh, you know, so-called climate catastrophe. Right. But it doesn't make any logical sense. More of my conversation with George Freund when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. People are starting to finally discover my Strange Planet shop, and they are loving the gear. The Mayan calendar design seems to be very popular right now, and it's beautiful if I do say so myself. Rick Forgus from Atomic Werewolf Studios in Phoenix has done an absolutely amazing job with all of the designs. The Nazca Lines design is also fantastic, but I think my favorite right now is the Time to Redefine Reality t-shirt. But there's so much more than tees. There's mugs and leggings and tote bags and sweatshirts and hoodies and new designs and products arriving every week. You've got to check it out. Just go to strangeplanet.ca and click on the Strange Planet Shop button at the bottom of the page. 
strangeplanet.ca. It's a strange planet. Grab the gear. Take the journey. Theoretical physicists say that there is as many as 12 hyperdimensions. Here are just three of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, here's an extra one. Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, how about one more? Conspiracy Unlimited. And the great thing is we have six hyperdimensions left. Conspiracy Unlimited. Five. Or something like that. I'll ask Richard later. George Freund from Conspiracy Cafe and the Power Hour radio show is here discussing the many masks of Justin Trudeau. I mentioned Allen Memorial Hospital and people should be familiar with that dark chapter in Canadian history when the Canadian government was complicit with the CIA and uh, basically taking uh, poor women who uh, probably went there with postpartum uh, depression and uh, without their knowledge they were subjected to these uh, experiments, massive doses of LSD, electroconvulsive therapy under Dr. Ewan Cameron, who was funded by the CIA. And uh, and under him was a Dr. Pevnicki, who was the future father-in-law of Mila Mulroney. Again, I go back to that question about, you know, whether there might be a way to connect all the dots. Here's, here's another one I'll get your take on. And this one is a little odious. Uh, and that is that after Margaret uh, left... 24 Sussex to cavort with the Rolling Stones. Uh, Pierre Trudeau f- suddenly found himself with his young children, but he apparently sought the advice of a, um, a sociologist from York University by the name of John Seeley. Uh, and according to some reports, Seeley was a self-confessed or self-proclaimed sadist, and perhaps worse. Uh, and that Trudeau brought Seeley up to 24 Sussex to get parenting advice from this gentleman who would spend weekends at the house. Do you know anything about that, and what are your thoughts? Well, that's the first time I've heard of it, but it fits the pattern of what they do, and that they bring in one of these uh, interlocutors and uh, give them to the children to condition them. This has been uh, you know, a hard fact of life that uh, goes back. A lot of it is like military history, but the Romans did that to create their legionnaires by abusing them, beating them. The Japanese were notorious for that as well. They'd get these young cadets coming in and just beat them to within an inch of their life, and who knows what else they did to them, to make you evil and strong that you could put up with any diabolical thing and not have the slightest care or concern about it because you've been traumatized to such a degree. You're almost robotic in your responses, and you have no feelings, no mercy, and it just seems that something's creating people like that, and that's why I look at some of the uh, conceptions of Tony's as being quite accurate, is that there is something doing this, and it's, he says it's going back, you know, right to the very beginning of humankind. So Are we talking satanic? Definitely, definitely, because the, there, there is a good and an evil, but to do this sort of deep-seated evil... There can't be anything good in your system. This has to be the anti-system to basically keep us in subservience until the time is right that we can be in the ultimate subservience to whatever AI monster is going to come up in the near future to control the planet Earth. 
Because one of the things that they do in an MK Ultra type program is this ritualistic abuse, and that fractures the psyche. This is what the Nazis figured out. Once you, Correct. so you have a, this disassociative disorder, multiple personality disorder. The many, you know, the many faces of Eve and and Sybil. We're familiar with that, and so that the mind becomes compartmentalized. And I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if that is being manifested by all of these different characters that Mr. Dressup is playing. Yes. When uh, I, I was helping people that are victims of abuse, I do that a lot in my life. It's very difficult. And to tell you the truth, even one lady I, I've been helping, her father was Dr. Pivnicki's assistant, mm. if you can believe that. Like, what are the odds? Right, right. So she told me that, I almost fell on the floor. But, uh, you know, I read the book on how they do this. It was written by a British psychiatrist. And uh, when I first found it in the library, because I borrowed one from the library, well, this is great, I want to buy a copy. It's too important not to, uh, to leave around, uh, that, you know, you're not going to have a hard and fast copy. So I found one in a bookstore, didn't buy it right away, and I waited for the second edition. The first edition showed the author in his military uniform working for the British military. The second edition left those pages out. Mm -hmm. So it's like they didn't want anyone to even know that he was affiliated with the British government at, a, at the military level producing these people. And this goes back, uh, you know, quite some time, too, even to the people who, uh, you know, were making Lee Oswald in, in time, one of the originators of this stuff. His assistant was working for Magnolia Oil back in 1963 and had contact with Lee Oswald. Amazing. So th this, that's like one of the, you know, the wooden stakes to drive through the heart of this story is the mind control and how effective it is. And understanding this is you can relieve people of great burdens. But like one woman I helped had like six personalities, and uh, they were all completely different. And that's, you know, when I first got up to speed with this type of thing. And now to see that if you wanted to harm someone as well, to actually fracture the mind and put it into disarray. Like, I believe they used to call uh, uh, one of the episodes of The Prisoner was called The Schizoid Man, and that gets into that very, very well, where they tried to fracture his brain and turn him into a multiple personality for control. And uh, it goes back a long, 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 long time. University of Heidelberg, as I'm recalling, early 1900s. And uh, so I look at even Princip, the guy who allegedly shot the Archduke, uh, you know, having influence by people of that mind. Dr. Sigmund Freud, I remember seeing in a BBC article, at one time in, before World War I, a lot of the great leaders in the world were all in Vienna at the same time, including Hitler, Stalin, Lenin, and uh, Tito all within walking distance of his office. Hmm. Uh, it can't be just a coincidence that they like the same coffee shop. <laughs> well, this is all, of course, uh, more or less speculation, but if it is true, uh, as they say, the big lie is uh, well protected by public incredulity because this all just sounds too uh, absurd to be true, right? Not to us, because we're well read on the topic. But uh, to people who first hear about it, uh, you know, it's overpowering. So I understand that, and generally I keep my mouth shut to the newbies. 
But uh, to people who are well aware, like there was a great British TV show that I pulled up. Uh, it was called Armchair Thriller, Fear of God, and it should be on the Internet, I hope, somewhere. And it was just absolutely chilling on how they use the music to control your mind. And one of the actresses that I followed up, because sometimes I look at, you know, well, who's in these things and check their history. She actually was at the Beatles openings on the Ed Sullivan show. And there was an interview on that that was stored by PBS or something like that, or National Public Radio. But uh, they pulled it. They took it down. It's gone now, so you can't uh, see it anymore. But, uh, you know, it was just like, what a coincidence. Here's this lady in a show about what they called the music room and how they could play music and take over your mind in a mass mind control experiment, which they probably do easily now with TV or things you might even use on your, your, your various computer gizmos that certain sounds or images could be put into your brain and that you may lose your ability to think and reason. And you don't even know it because it stimulates you to the point of that you crave it and you want more. And it's only people who would really know you that might see the difference. But that's the power that they have. George, how do people listen to you on the Power Hour, Power Hour Radio? Uh, PowerHourNation.com. And, uh, you know, I usually do Thursdays uh, most frequently or any other time that uh, Daniel needs a day off. And uh, I do things on my own website, conspiracy-dot or conspiracy-cafe.com, and I started a new page, a library. I figured out how to post books on my video section, so I've been going through archive, uh, the website with uh, various reading materials, and I've put up quite a few very, very interesting books that are just the fundamentals of conspiracy science and history. And uh, you can go in there and look at these PDF versions and, uh, you know, see it for yourself about how dangerous it is. I just found one that I just thrilled over. It's called Gestapo Chief about Heinrich Mueller and how he was recruited by the CIA to do all kinds of nasty things after World War II. And that's a very, very rare book to find really nowadays. Conspiracy-cafe.com. George, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Maybe we'll change the world to make it a better place because we don't have that in our history. (laughs) Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back to tell you a little bit about the next episode of Conspiracy Unlimited. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. A donation of $50 a month places you in the Star Chamber. $20 a month is the Whistleblower Tier, and a donation of just $10 per month makes you a truth seeker. Star Chamber and Whistleblower members can participate in an exclusive monthly online chat or video conference with me. And all donors are entered into a monthly draw for Strange Planet merchandise. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Be sure to download Wednesday's episode for a discussion on mass hypnosis and mind control. And if you can get 
the mass populace to go, oh dear, oh dear, I don't want to die, I don't want to die. So Greta is uh, what David Icke would call a, a prime focal point for the problem. People becoming fixated on the idea there's a problem. So that then they react. And what greater way of stirring emotions than the child. And, and they assume a child's going to be innocent. They don't think that a child might be getting manipulated without their own knowledge. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. 